0: Good morning and welcome to Anastasia Church. We are so glad that you are joining us for worship today. My name is Julia. I'm the young adult minister here. And I just want to say if this is your first time visiting with us, we have a few ways that you can get connected. One of those is to text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT to that number. You can also pull out your phone and use your camera to scan the QR code that's on the screen behind me. Or the old-fashioned way, you can stop by our welcome desk out in the atrium. We have a gift just for you. A few things that are happening at our church. One of our core values is that serving is our privilege. And we have a great way for you to find out the many ministries that happen through Anastasia Church. On July 23rd and July 30th will be our Say Yes Weekends. All of our ministry tables will be out in the atrium. You can stop by, say hello, and get to know um, what it is exactly that they do, and hopefully find a place to get plugged in here at the church. We also will have a prayer walk through our new building on August 6th. We have been praying, and we're so excited for the opportunity to put feet on the ground and see the building and see all that God is doing through that. I also want to encourage you, if you have a social media account, Facebook and Instagram, to give us a follow, um, Anastasia Church. And throughout the week, we post things that are happening, um, summaries from what's going on. It's a really great way to stay connected to the church. And also, I don't know if you're familiar with Facebook, but you can see your memories. And something that was so special to me this morning was waking up and seeing a memory six years ago of my oldest son being baptized at the beach. And I was so warmed by that because we have a beach baptism coming up on August 13th. So if you are ready to take that next step of faith, I want to encourage you um, at the end of the service, talk to someone. We'd love to have you be a part of that. And also, church family, if you've never seen the beach baptism, I want to encourage you to come, cheer on those who are taking that next step of faith. Thank you.
1: Father, the scriptures say to acknowledge that you are God, that you have made us, and that we are your people. How countless are your works, Lord. You are all-knowing and all-powerful. In wisdom, you have made them all. May all the earth worship you and sing your praise. God, you are exalted. You have provided salvation through Jesus, and Father, we need his forgiveness because we are a sinful people. Thank you that we can be redeemed by Jesus' blood, and we confess our sin before you. Restore us that we may worship you in spirit and in truth as clean vessels. Now, Father, lead us in the way we should go. Guide us by your truth. Your word is truth. And teach us your way as we lift up your name in praise and adoration. Amen. Let's stand together, please.
2: Sing it out. Let the resign.
1: Christ according to his great mercy he's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable uncorrupted and unfading kept in heaven for you who are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time no one can lay any other foundation and that has been laid. That is Jesus Christ. Let's continue our singing. My faith is found. Ready?
2: My faith is found. A resting place. Not in device no
1: It's totally Acapulco. Acapella, sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need no
1: Before we go any further, we'd like for you to stand and just take the moment, two moments, what will turn into be three moments, stand and welcome one another, please. Don't stay in your section. You can leave your section and leave your aisle.
3: Good morning. It is so great to be here with you this morning on this beautiful Sunday. We are so thankful to live in St. Augustine. Amen. Isn't that awesome? I have the privilege of sharing our generosity moment with you. And I wanted to share about our women's event, uh, and our gathering that we did on a Wednesday night. Uh, kick off your shoes. We do a summer event kick off every year. This year we collected shoes, and our ticket to get in was for you to bring a pair of shoes. Your generosity was overwhelming. Not that I'm surprised by no means, but you brought over 200 pairs of shoes, and those shoes, <laughs> and those shoes went to Betty Griffin and to. Um, Alpha Omega and they took the shoes not into their stores they took them to the women in their facilities and in where they live and let them pick their shoes first and they felt very special I would tell you that the card that I received um, and the ladies that saw that were just so overwhelmed with us thinking of them first and that's what we should be doing and that's what you do your generosity allows us to do that we had um, breakout sessions with our sister of hope which are coaching ladies um we talked about shoes uh, what shoes to wear with what what shoes kill your feet because they do go with an outfit right hurt your feet i don't know if you guys can relate to that but for us you wear the shoes and your feet are killing you but you look good so that's that's what it's all about right so um and our women's ministry team did an awesome job. So I just want us to honor those ladies today for all the work that they do. And not just the women in the women's ministry, but the women throughout our church that serve so diligently for all of us. And we're just so thankful for them. So I'd like you to pray with me. And I'd like to pray over the generosity of our church and our giving. And also for our women and for our church. Thank you. Dear me, Father, Lord. It is overwhelming, but we're not surprised because your promises are your promises, Father. You always say that you will do what you say you'll do. We just need to listen to you and what you command us to do that sometimes doesn't even seem like something we should do. Lord, I I pray for our ladies in this church. Lord, I pray for the giving that our church is so graciously given as we build a building for our children and our youth. I pray right now for our youth that will be traveling today, Father. I pray for them as well. Father, just be with us today as we explore the the things that you have for us, study your word, be in your word, and pray in your word. We just love you, and I thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Thank you.
1: He leads, but do we follow? Do we always follow? Well, let's stand one more time, please, as we sing our last song before the message. Just that reminder that we are to follow the one who is the light. The light of the world is Jesus.
2: have we who in Jesus abide the light Darkness in blinded eyes. The light of the world is Jesus. Go wash at His bidding and light will arise. The light of the world is Jesus. Come to the light, it's shining.
4: I just tell you, if you don't have a church home, you're looking for a church home around here, um, you should come here just to hear the music. <laughs> it's good to see all of you here today. Um, the past several weeks was supposed to be my vacation. My wife and I, we had these grand plans. We were going to make a a circle around Lake Michigan. We've never been to that part of the country. We're going to go around Lake Michigan and stay in some mom and pop hotels and, and eat at Greasy Spoon Diners and explore the landscape and the people and the cheese curds and the ice cream and all that kind of stuff there. And on the day we were going to start that road trip, the retina in my right eye detached. And I was in New Orleans. Um, I was at our, our national meeting of our family of churches. I was at the Southern Baptist Convention, a meeting which at the best of times can make you want to rip your eyes out. <laughs> I, I promise you I did not do that. Uh, did not detach my own retina on purpose. But <clears throat> and I was there. I don't always go to the national meetings, but I was there. I, I feel very strongly about um, going and hearing what that report was going to be. Uh, On what the national office was going to do to warn churches about sexual predators who who would be ministers and go from church to church to church to find victims and what they were going to do about responding to that as a family of churches. I was very uh, interested in hearing that report and seeing what is going to happen to make sure something was going to happen. But the morning of the report, something happened in my eye and I lost a significant amount of vision in the right quadrant of right bottom quadrant of my right eye. And all my plans changed because when you lose vision, it's an emergency. Okay. It's an emergency. You have to take care of it quickly. And instead of driving from that day from New Orleans to Nashville, Tennessee, um, I was going to meet my wife. She was already visiting with sisters. We were going to meet up there. And uh, I drove back to Jacksonville to meet her at the Jacksonville airport and begin a different journey of having my vision restored, and I had to take that priority because when you lose your vision, it's an emergency. Okay? It's an emergency. And uh, praise the Lord for the ophthalmologist. Praise the Lord for the retina specialist. Praise the Lord for the medical team, the knowledge that's available today. Praise the Lord for those of you that have been praying for me faithfully and praise most of all to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the great physician who brought the healing. I stand before you today, just want you to know that, that my vision in my right eye is completely restored. <laughs> so uh, it, is, it, is, it is as good if not better than it was before the, the retina even torn. That is a miracle of the Lord. However, I didn't go on my vacation because my plans change. Because when you lose vision, it's an emergency, and you need to deal with that immediately. And, you know, you can live without eyesight. There are people who live productively and successfully without good eyesight, but it's harder. Because when there's no vision, you don't know where you're supposed to walk. When there's no vision, you don't know where danger is. Or When, when I had my eye patched on the right-hand side, I bumped into things. I have bruises on my still healing from the bruises from when I bumped into things. But the Lord's given me several quiet weeks to think about vision. And let me share with you a spiritual truth. When you lose vision, it's an emergency. It needs to be dealt with right away. When you lose vision, it's an emergency we desperately need spiritual vision. If you don't have a vision for what God wants you to do, if you don't have a vision of where you're going eternally, if you don't have a vision of what you're doing here for the kingdom of God, it's an emergency. It's an emergency because without vision, we are incapable of living inside the power and plan of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So. I'm going to share one verse. I won't make you stand today. I want you to stand up in your heart. This is the word of God. Proverbs 29, 18 says, when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Some of you may know this in the King James Version, where where there is no vision, the people perish. Okay. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Prophetic vision. It's one word in the in the Hebrew language. It's the Hebrew word chazon. Can you say that chazon? Can you say that and make it make it moister chazon? Okay, yeah, without spitting on the person in front of you. Yeah, it's the word prophetic vision, and 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 it it is not just. The word for vision like eyesight. It, it is that word that they used when Daniel saw visions of the Lord. Or we had a special spiritual understanding. You perceive things on that spiritual realm. That's the word that it's talking about. It, it's, it's chazon. It's, it's, it's vision from the Lord. And when we don't have that vision from the Lord. When we don't see what the Lord wants us to see. It's an emergency. Because that's when people perish. That word for perish or that word for casting off restraint, it's, it's translated a whole different way, a whole bunch of different ways in the Bible. Sometimes it means you're uncovered. Sometimes it means you're naked. Sometimes it means you're, you, don't, you just don't know where you are. You're lacking direction. It's just that point of the, that you're just there. You're a lump. You're, you're just not doing anything. You're just withering away without chazon, without prophetic vision without seeing what god wants us to see we don't know where we're supposed to go and and, and the next part of the verse often gets left out you know it says where, the, where there's no vision people perish where there is no prophetic vision the people cast off restraint but but what does it say but blessed is he who keeps the law god gave us something that's very precious and something beautiful that's going to help us understand what his vision is and it's the law. It's the word of God. Okay? The word of God helps reveal the plan of God. <clears throat> Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They, they don't know what they're doing. But but blessed is he who keeps the law. When, when the people do not have a vision, they they just do whatever the world they want to do. Are you noticing that in our society? You think it could be because there is a society that lacks vision for what God wants our society to be about? The word of God, I'm I'm, I'm not talking about legalism here. Remember, Jesus is the way, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives us salvation. Jesus is the one who opened up the doors of heaven. He's the one who paid the sacrifice on the cross for us. So it's Jesus. Jesus is the way, but also remember this other core value. The Bible is the map. And the the Bible shows us, the word of God shows us the plan of God But it's not a matter of following rules. It's a matter of using the guardrails, using the scriptures to find the beauty of embracing holiness. You know, it's beautiful living a life for Jesus. I mean, just just inside, just, just that's your that's your desire to live every moment for Jesus. That's what it's about, okay? And so I need vision to understand. I need vision to understand where I'm going and who I'm who I'm loving. So I can have that beauty as I embrace holiness. The first point I want to share, if you're using the notes in the sermon, uh, in the bulletin is this. I need vision to discern holiness from hollowness. I need vision because, you know, just following the rules is a hollow life. Just being being a rule follower, there's nothing there that's beautiful about that. That's empty. Following spiritual rules without spiritual life in Christ, that's not a holy life. It's a hollow life. Acting holy without an understanding of how the Lord will use sacrifice and intention. And he uses sacrifice and intention for his purposes, okay? But it's purposeless when we don't understand how God uses the patterns of our lives, how God uses how he made us, how God has a plan for our life, life to bring us closer to him. If we don't understand that, then life is hollow. And I need his vision, I need his vision to see his love, to see the eternal destination he's preparing for me. You know, he's preparing a place for us. You know what we call that place? Heaven. It's a beautiful place. It's a holy place. And so as I'm I'm becoming holy in his power, God is preparing me to be more and more ready for heaven. And so I'm I'm grateful for that. Um, Recently, I purchased a new vehicle. And it has some features that my old car didn't have. My old car had cruise control, and I press that cruise control, it go to a certain distance. My new car has cruise control, but it also figures out how far ahead of me the car is in front of me, okay? So unlike my old car, it wouldn't let me bump into the one in front of me. Uh, so <clears throat> it has another button. If I press it, it keeps me in the lanes or tries to keep me in the lanes. They say it's 80% effective. So I got to make sure I'm effective the other 20%, right? <laughs> no. But it has it sort of nudges you if you get to the side of the lane, puts you back in there. Well, well let me tell you, uh, when I had that um, retina detachment on the spur of the moment, my my plans changed, and I had to drive by myself from New Orleans back to Jacksonville, with a portion of my vision. Seriously compromised. I was grateful that I had cruise control that kept me from bumping into the car in front of me and a little button that sort of nudged me and kept me in the right lane. It was just a little bit extra there, you know. And I was grateful for all that. And and, that and you know, that's what the law does. That's what the word of God does. It's that map, it keeps us on the course. It keeps us from bumping in, not bumping into the things we need to bump into. He's he's the map, the Bible's the map. And the Lord uses his word to help us know his vision. So So I need God's plan, his word, to understand the difference between legalism. There are a lot of people who know how to follow the rules and act like Christians. But unless you know the Lord, that the word of God tells us about, it's an empty life. Um, I I understand through vision that God doesn't want me just to act holy. He wants me to be holy. That's a beautiful thing. Now to bring some uh, context To this passage, I want to look a few verses earlier at Proverbs 29:15, because this Proverb is written in a section of Proverbs that relate to holiness and the relationship between vision and following the law. And, And there's a connection there. So in Proverbs 29, 15, it says this: the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, the rod and reproof for us, that's the biblical word of God. That that helps us understand what wisdom is and understands us and corrects us. But, But a child left himself brings shame to his mother. Without spiritual vision, we're like children who are left to our own devices. And it's not the child's fault that they don't know what's right or wrong. It brings shame to the mom, okay? A child left to himself doesn't do what he's supposed to do because no one's letting him know what he's supposed to do. But we have the word of God that helps us know that, and I need that vision. I need a vision to clearly perceive God's purpose. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for me. Um, I'm not just a placeholder on this earth. You know, during pandemic, we found out which churches were, were stakeholders in the community and which churches were placeholders in the community. And there are some churches that closed. A lot of churches closed during pandemic and haven't reopened. Uh, there are churches, I, I talked to the uh, person who leads the Baptist Association of Churches in Jacksonville. He says a lot of churches are running at 60%, 70%, 80% of where they were before pandemic. Let me tell you, that's not Anastasia. I'm so grateful that we're at a church that's strong. And people are, are at church. Fully back. I'm grateful that this past vacation Bible school, we had record numbers of kids that came, record numbers of kids that that came to faith in Christ, record numbers of baptisms. We had a record number of baptisms in June alone. I'm grateful that during pandemic, when when uh, when things were shutting down for a lot of people, we kept on with the plan that God gave us to reach out to families in building this. This next gen center and rec center. I I'm, I'm, praise God that, that God didn't slow us down on that, you know. And we're going to be opening up the rec center uh, sometime in late fall uh, by this year. That's the plan. And the next gen center next year. I'm grateful for that. And by the way, uh, you need to be here August 6th. August 6th, that Sunday, that Sunday before school starts, uh, we're going to have the beautiful music that you heard beforehand that I'm going to share just a very, very brief devotion, and then we're going to walk out together to the rec center. We're going to give you all Sharpies, okay? And we're going to let you walk into the Next Gen Center, and we want you to write. Don't write on any walls, but you're to write on the floor, okay? They want you to pray. We're going to set you loose in there, and you pray as God leads you to pray, and then whenever you're done, you're done, but we're going to go in there, and we're just going to pray over that building. You're going to want to be here, and ladies, you're not going to want to wear your cute shoes that Judy Trippy was talking about that kill your feet. That is the day to wear ugly sneakers to church, okay? You're allowed to wear ugly sneakers to church because we're going to go into the new building with all that mud and stuff. But, you know, I'm grateful that, that God has still given us a vision to reach out to families and young families and support them. I'm grateful that we're financially strong. I'm grateful that you are continuing, continuing to be faithful in tithing and, 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 and pro- in providing support financially for the church, for, for the new building, but also for the ministries here. I, I'm grateful that we have people in this community who are shaping this community actively and purposefully, being active in the business sector, being active in the political sector. I'm grateful that there are people being salt and light and an influence, but our purpose is not just to build buildings. And our purpose is not to have a strong financial balance sheet. And our purpose as church is not to have uh, great events, And our purpose is not to put forth a political agenda. We need vision to understand that all these are things that God uses to accomplish his real purpose and his primary purpose. And his primary purpose purpose is helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. You give the Lord a hand. It's his purpose. Without vision... Without vision, it's very easy and very tempting for us to replace the methods with the purpose. And we need to understand the purpose is helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. And, and, and it's like me, with my after I had my, my surgery and my right eye was patched and I couldn't see everything. Once they, once they took the patch off, they, they gave me a little plastic thing, a cone of shame over my eyes so I wouldn't scratch it and hurt it. But when they took all that stuff off, I still couldn't see. I could see light coming through my, through the eye, but I couldn't see shapes and things like that. It was part of the healing process. And I still kept bumping into things. And it's because I only saw part of what was around me. I need vision to clearly perceive all that God is saying. So I accomplish his purpose. Now I want to take us into the New Testament. This is where Paul talked about one of the important facets of vision. This is Philippians chapter 3.14. In Philippians 3.14, Paul wrote this. He said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. So, so he's saying, there's this goal. I see this goal. I have a vision for the goal. There's a prize there, and I'm pressing on toward it. You see, Jesus has put in front of you and in front of us a purpose and a vision, and there's a prize That prize is to be all that he called us to be. And it's right in front of us. And he says, we need to press on toward the goal. We need to have bold faith goals. We need to reach for the prize. We need to run to win, okay? And we need to be all in. And I need vision to step out boldly. I need vision. This is the next thing to write down. To set bold faith goals. We've tried to set some bold faith goals. Um... As church, but have you set bold faith goals as an individual, as a follower of Jesus Christ? I need vision. I need to understand what God has for my life uh, to set those bold faith goals. You, you know Al Cabor, Albert Cater who shared the gospel last week and, and, and shared the message, and he's been our evangelism leader for years and years. I want you to know if you know Jesus Christ, he understands that you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're gonna hear about Jesus Christ. You're gonna hear about this salvation there. You know why? Because God has placed that as a clear purpose, that vision, and he boldly shares the gospel because he has the vision. I need a vision to set those bold faith goals. You know, After my surgery, I told you my eye was effectively useless, patched up, and getting some light. I had to walk slow, okay? I didn't walk as fast as I wanted. I couldn't be as active as I could. I'd I'd walk around the car and sort of put my hand on things so I wouldn't bump into things and sort of do that. I was walking gingerly and timidly um, because I need vision. I need full vision to walk out boldly. Okay, We need spiritual vision to walk out boldly because there's a prize before us and we need to press on to the goal for the prize. And do you have vision? Are you reaching people boldly for Christ? Are you expressing your faith in bold goals? Do you have objectives that you know that are revealed to you by the Holy Spirit? And if they're revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, they're gonna be inspired to you and they're gonna be, the Holy Spirit's gonna equip you to accomplish those goals. Are those goals bold faith goals? See, we have a purpose, helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. And he's given us some bold faith goals. We, we say as a church in this period of time, from 2020 to 2025, we've said to church, you see this logo around from time to time, that it's time to run. There's a lost community around us and it's time to run. It's time for us to move out boldly. You know why? Because we're not in leadership transition. We're not in debt. We're in three prominent locations. We're not divided in a lot of ways. God God has placed us in in a position in this community to reach out boldly, and it's time to run, okay? And that's our vision, and it's our vision collectively, and it should be the vision and the encouragement of every follower of Jesus Christ. If you are really trusting in Jesus Christ, it is not time to sit. It's time to run for him, okay? I'm not talking physically, I know some of you. You don't run unless someone's chasing you, or something's chasing you. But you know we have a goal here to to reach this rapidly growing community. All of us are living in a rapidly growing community. There are new people coming in. Are you meeting new people, inviting them to go to a church or this church, or inviting them to come to a Bible study? What are you doing? Because God's given us a vision. He's given us a goal to reach this community for Christ. Are you boldly going out to reach new people? We have another goal, to reach families in crisis. You know, what are you doing to reach a family that's having a hurt? I mean, one of the greatest needs in our school system today are social, emotional needs. I mean, there are families in crisis. Uh, I'm so grateful for our call-to-care ministry. You know what our call-to-care ministry does? They support foster parents in our church. When those foster parents get the call in the middle of the night and they need stuff for that foster child coming in, we have a ministry that helps them out. What are you doing? Do you, do you know a family that could use some support so that they can hear the love and truth of Jesus Christ just individually? Uh, we have a, uh, we're, one of the things we're doing as church is we're trying to, to build a, a next-gen center. Do, do you realize that this week, if everything goes well and it doesn't rain, which you know, probably will, uh, they're planning on pouring the concrete to the third floor. That's the home of Anastasia Student Ministries. This week, isn't that amazing? Yeah, God's doing some great things. So, anyway, um, uh, we're reaching. We're not trying to build a building as much. As we're trying to reach families. Um, if God's placed a family on your heart, are you praying for that family? Boldly praying, strongly praying. One of our goals is encouraging new leaders. We, we, need, we need a next generation of leaders to be encouraged. They don't need us old fogies telling them all the stuff that they're doing wrong. We need to tell them what they're doing right and encourage them in their walk because God's going to use this generation to do amazing things. He's going to do that. I know it. I know it. What are you doing to encourage a leader to use their gifts in leading others for Christ? And then we have a goal in missions. What are you doing to serve the Lord? What are you doing to serve the kingdom of Christ outside the walls of the church? That's the vision for this church. It is time to run. Are you running for Christ? Are you part of that vision? Are you just sitting in the pews? You know, we need vision. And you know, when we lose vision, it's an emergency. When you lose vision, it's an emergency. It's something that should be dealt with right away. I'd like to look at one more scripture. This is Matthew 13. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And they're asking, Why do you speak in parables? Why do you use these stories, these cute little stories? Why don't you get into the deep meat, you know? Why do you speak in parables? And Jesus says in Matthew 13, starting at verse 13, He says, This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing, they do not see, and hearing, they don't have vision. They don't have that vision of what God wants to do in their lives. And hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you'll indeed hear, but never understand. You'll indeed see, but never perceive. Without vision, the people perish. Without vision, we lack the purpose. Without vision, when we don't understand what God can do in my life, what God can do with my life, then we just aimlessly just take up space. Without vision, we don't see the plans and promises of Jesus. God God has equipped every single person in this room to be valuable in his kingdom. What has he equipped you to do? What has God prepared in your heart and in your life? You know, and it's not just about being active when Jesus spoke to the spiritual community of the Jews back in that first century day they were active they were active okay they did all kinds of stuff but activity is not the same thing as seeing vision a community that was busy lost their attention on what was important and they were drawn to activity and drawn away from the lord and so when they when the presence of the lord was in their midst when Jesus Christ, God the Son, the, the Lamb of God, was in their midst, they missed the presence. And because they missed the presence, they missed the blessings because Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 16, <coughs> excuse me, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. When you, when you have a vision, for what God wants to do in your heart and in your life, you're blessed. You are blessed. That's wonderful to know that God has you, made you fearfully and wonderfully for a purpose. And you're blessed when you see that. And if you don't see that, I want you to see that. I want you to see what God can do in you where there is no chazom, We're purposeless and lifeless. I want to receive all the blessings Jesus has for me. So I wanna, I want to, I want to not just follow the rules, I want to be holy all the way through. I want the purpose that God has plans for my life, so I don't want to waste my days. I want to use them for his glory, for his power. How about you? Do you want to be blessed? The first step to blessing is seeking Jesus. If you've never trusted in Jesus, just right now, I want you to think. You know, your eyes can be open, closed, I don't care. But if you don't know that Jesus Christ has a plan for your life, and you've never received him as Savior, let me tell you, he died on the cross and paid the penalty for everything that keeps you out of heaven. So you don't have to worry about that. And he, he has said, I forgive you of the sins if you only receive the forgiveness. Have you asked Jesus to forgive you of anything you've done that might keep you out of heaven? The Bible says that he'll do that. If you've not done that, would you consider doing that right now, right now? Lord Jesus, I need forgiveness. Would you forgive me? Bible says if you do that, He is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sins. He'll cleanse you from all the unrighteousness, all the stuff that keeps you out of heaven. Would you be willing to do that? And then you can know that he's opened up the door of heaven because it's not what you've done. It's what he's done. That's the vision of salvation. Then there's a vision for your life. If you've already already had that personal time with him and you know that you're going to heaven because you're trusting in him, but you're just marking the days and you're not serving him in power and with purpose, would you ask him to show you what he has in store for you and how he's gifted you? Because you know what? When you ask him, he'll give you vision, he'll give you purpose, he'll give you power, and you can follow that plan And you can follow him boldly. And you will be blessed. It'll be the best thing you do. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I pray if there's someone that needs to trust in you as Lord and Savior, that first step, that they would understand that you have done everything that needs to be done for us to go to heaven. That whatever activity we do, that is not what's going to get us into heaven, Lord. It's only trusting in you and humility, and trusting that you're doing it for us. And Lord, accepting you as our Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray of someone, that someone would be trusting in you today. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that we would not just be a people that just sit in the pew. Lord, but uh, they would be standing on your promises and running in your power. And Lord Jesus, I pray that, that if someone needs to take a step of faith, a leap of faith, Lord, that in your vision, we would do it with such boldness that it'd be glory to your name and blessing to our lives. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray, amen, amen. 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 I invite you to stand right now. We're coming to a hymn of invitation, a hymn of response. If God's calling you to be a member of this church, just come down during this time, talk to me, and I'll have someone help you make those steps of faith. If you want to be baptized, maybe that's the next step of faith for you. Or maybe you just want prayer. If God is calling you, you come as we sing.
1: Father, may we say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thankful, Thankful for the way that you move through your people, through your word. And Father, we are grateful that we can rejoice in the things that you have been doing here. We're excited for the outreach that we have. We're excited for the baptisms. We're excited for the numbers of children that we've been able to influence for the gospel. Father, those things have happened. What do you have for us today? What do you have for us tomorrow? As Pastor said, may we have that bold faith as we leave this place this morning. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the grave, the the great shepherd of our sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant that is Jesus our Lord equip you in every good thing to do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be the glory forever
5: and ever. Amen. Amen.